Hey guys, this is Ariana and welcome to All Things Good, <laughs> a discussion-based podcast where we have important conversations about critical topics. This podcast is for any human who is trying to make their internal and external worlds a better place to live. This episode is a little different from all the others so far. I recently had my annual Micro Music and Arts Festival, All Things Good, where the namesake for this show came from. And I thought, what a better way to close out this first season than talking about it. I am going to share with you the origins of this festival, provide an inside scoop of my production planning process and what it's like to attend, And I also open up and be vulnerable. And I share with you all how I have been able to heal my body physically, mentally, energetically, and spiritually after suffering most of my life with digestive issues and recently being diagnosed with Crohn's disease. I hope you enjoy this episode and I am so glad to have you here. Thanksgiving 2020, I was in the kitchen with my dad at my parents' house, and we were shooting the shit. We were both a couple of glasses of wine into the evening. My dad, he was feeling a bit more bubbly and talkative than normal, which is honestly a real treat when this happens. The conversation was flowing with ease. This was a particularly sweet moment. As we were living through the mid-pandemic era, where an intimate gathering with loved ones was still something that had heightened value. I was living in Poughkeepsie, New York at the time and had been working as a registered dietitian for the past several years. My dad turned to me and said, Dude, why don't you start modeling? You have a unique look and you're only a two-hour train ride from the city. You should totally start doing it on the weekends, you know, make some extra cash. It was in that moment that my awareness clicked and I became attuned to the deeper thoughts I had regarding my desires and passions in life. This also highlighted the fact that I was unknowingly waiting for permission or acceptance to act on or believe in what lay deep down inside my heart already. I had competed in beauty pageants from the time I was 9 to 21 years old and not to toot my own horn but I did pretty great. I held local, regional, state, and national titles. My most proud title was Miss Teen New York International 2009. I loved being on center stage and being in the limelight, speaking in front of audiences anywhere from 20 to 2,000 individuals. But somewhere along the way, The things that had lit me up and made me feel alive got lost in the sauce of formal education and traditional career pathways. Fast forward to summer 2021. This is the point in time in which I started to take considerable action on making my wishes, dreams, and desires materialize in the physical realm. Feeling empowered by recently leaving a toxic roommate situation that had unexpectedly turned into an unhealthy short-term relationship, 
I bravely slid into several different local photographers' DMs on Instagram. These artists caught my attention and inspired me with their work. And whenever a photographer can make me feel this way, I often say their photos made me drool. I asked if they wanted to collaborate and create art by doing a TFP shoot, aka trade for print or time for photo. Within a week of taking that first step, I had already booked two different photo shoots that produced high quality bomb ass images. These images were the start of my modeling portfolio and the catapult for the growth and development of my Instagram page. The feeling of this initial progression further ignited my recently ablaze inner fire for realizing my self-worth post-breakup slash move out and really reinforced the fact that I am capable of anything I set my mind to, even if it seems too scary, too difficult, or impossible to attain. I was riding the high of this newfound confidence simultaneously as I sat behind the desk of my 9-to-5 job. I worked for the federal government. It had a pension, was high-paying, and very secure. Technically, it was a great job, but didn't exactly zest up my life. One afternoon, I was mundanely entering data into the grayscale computer screen when I was hit with divine inspiration to throw a micro-music and arts festival. This was crazy to me. Throughout college, I would host drinking parties at my parents' house when I was on break, and I also enjoyed getting my friends together on the holidays and throw themed gatherings. But other than that, I had absolutely no prior experience throwing a party at this caliber or magnitude Despite how insane this thought felt to me, I leaned into the inspiration and trusted that I wouldn't be receiving it if I wasn't capable of executing the idea. Within one hour, I had assessed my calendar, got the go-ahead from my parents to throw a party in two and a half weeks on their property in upstate New York, and had already reached out to several friends of mine who were artists and musicians. I thought about what I would want to be included in a festival. I wanted art, crafts, delicious food, infused water with fruit and herbs, dank bud, music, and a bonfire. Basically, all things good. And that's where the name for the festival came from. Ultimately, leading to the title of the podcast you're listening to right now. (laughs) Within a week... I had a flyer made, the porta potty rented, and a full lineup. My first festival was a complete success. I was able to bring together over 30 like-minded individuals where we shared and appreciated the art and creativity that surrounded us. Offering a safe space for our talents to be showcased and share our knowledge with the world. My friend, Arthi, had a Mahendi, a.k.a. Henna Station. My friend Monica did tarot card readings, and the musical lineup was insane. The Electric Chords, Tiger Crane, Maddie Light, Julian Giamo, and Wise Words performed, and they all ate. The second annual All Things Good got a little bit bigger and even more amazing. 
This time around, I was able to expand the amount of vendors I had as well as guests. I had Taylor with Twisted Tie-Dye and Zach with Zach Max, his welded sculpture creations, both displaying their incredible work. I even had workshops, one on fly fishing led by my friend John, an industrial hygienist and fishing aficionado, and even one on how to create a meme, led by my super genius friend Mike, who is in his master's for integrated design and media. I wanted to create a space where attendees could expand their minds from the fountain of knowledge that lies within all of us. Technically speaking, my second festival would also be considered a great success. Emphasis on technically. I had one major hiccup that almost stopped me from ever hosting another festival again. The food that was served to my guests had been primarily prepared by my mom, my aunt, and two of my best friends. I had the food set up buffet style, and I was so busy with making sure everything else was running smoothly for the festival that I slipped up and made a crucial mistake. I did not assign anyone to serve the food to control and monitor the portion sizes guests took. Arguably, I had enough food, but in actuality, I didn't have enough of the most delicious, therefore the most desirable food items. Food items like macaroni and cheese, baked salmon, asparagus. These food items were mostly gone before the second half of my guests went to make their plate. And the second half of those guests mostly consisted of my family and closest friends. I was mortified. As a diehard foodie and a true Libra son, it broke my heart that the people who put in the most work for my party were left with the second and third tier most desirable food options. That was it. I truly did not think I would be able to muster up the energy to do a third all things good because of how mortified I felt from the shortage of food. Slowly, that deep regret of the simple slip-up lessened, and the embarrassment I felt started to feel not so uncomfortable. But I was still not having another festival. My Virgo moon strives for perfection in all of my encounters and relationships. (coughs) Not like that placement isn't also associated with being overly critical of myself and others, And I know this sounds dramatic, but my ego had been hurt. (sighs) Time passed. Seasons change. Life went on. One by one, people started asking me when my next festival was going to be. I would share with them my woes and my reasoning for why I had decided to not throw another festival, which would only leave me feeling feelings of frustration because I felt like no one understood just how devastated I was by what had happened the previous year. Everyone would just respond that they hadn't noticed and that they still had a great time. No one was validating my feelings. I started to question the legitimacy of my reasoning around not throwing another one.
I mean, like, come on. I know we have all been here before. How frustrating can it be when you feel as though you are not being heard? When it feels as though those you are speaking to do not hear what you have to say. Especially when it is about something that you feel strongly about. And on the other hand, sometimes it can be really hard to show empathy, sympathy, understanding when it is something we can't relate to or just honestly don't find important. I think that the best thing we can do in moments like this is to just listen. When at a loss of what to say, sometimes the most meaningful thing we can do is offer a question to better understand where the person is coming from. These questions can look like, how does that make you feel? Or what was that experience like for you? This creates a space for the individual with the issue or frustration to be heard. And sometimes that is all we really need. On a quick side note that I promise is relevant to this story, my friends DJ and Mike have recently created the Black Library a community art space that celebrates and educates on Black culture and history. A shameless plug, check out Season 1, Episode 4 of this podcast if you haven't already to hear all about it. Over this past summer, they did a Black Agricultural Weekend at Deniston Hill, an artist residency in upstate New York managed by the very cool Lacey Romano. As soon as I heard about this event, I was sure to make the trek up from Brooklyn for the day as it was something I did not want to miss. It was a magical day spent in the mountains where the resident agriculturalist Katie taught us how to sow seeds, infuse oil with botanicals, and showed us around her dreamlike garden. We also had amazing food that was catered by Mike's friends Will and Lou through their catering company, Desala. The name coming from the Spanish word sala, which translates into English as the living room, where they came up with their brilliant idea to create their own business. They put their butt in it and made crispy chicken sliders, rasta pasta, beautiful salads, locally sourced roasted chicken and veggies. I was so impressed by their professionalism and the quality of their food. Mmm. Okay, end of quick side note. After a couple more people asked about the festival, I had the epiphany that if I had the event catered, then I really didn't have much of a reason to not have it. So I went ahead and I started to plan my third annual All Things Good. In regular fashion, (laughs) I whipped together all the ingredients necessary to have a successful event. Except, this year, I had more time for planning, organizing, and preparing for the event. A dumpster was rented, and many bags of clothing and household items were donated to get my parents' property up to tip-top shape. We rented tables and chairs from All American Event Rentals, If you're looking to throw a big party based in the Sullivan County area, I definitely recommend you checking them out. 
I had multiple production coordination meetings with my dad to ensure that we were covering all of our bases. I went ahead and booked Dasala as my caterers. I explained to them my sensitivity that I have to alliums, in which I have to avoid onions, garlic, shallots, chives, etc., or else I get pretty sick, and it feels like I have strep throat for a few days. It is so uncomfortable. They explained they never worked with a client before that had this, but that they were up for the challenge of creating a whole menu that would exclude these items. The festival was happening two weeks prior to my 30th birthday, and I decided I wanted to honor and celebrate this milestone in my life by combining it with all things good 2023. Although the trajectory of this event was only expected to increase in size based upon previous years, I decided to rein it in a little bit and focus on quality instead of quantity, which I'm really glad I did as it created a more intimate space and allowed me to really enjoy myself and be present. The morning of my festival, I woke up feeling energized and ready for the big day. I started with my daily morning routine of a hot cup of herbal tea, a few puffs of weed, and entered my yoga practice so I can ensure I would be in alignment with the greater good and blessings could flow to me with ease throughout the day. My friend JC popped in in the morning hours before the event started to set up her acrylic-based fluorescent glow-in-the-dark paintings. They are so freaking cool. We designed creative layouts to put her paintings on display throughout my parents' property. We strategically positioned black lights to illuminate her masterpieces. In fact, we did such a good job that she sold two of her paintings that night. How cool is that? I adorned the garage with purple, silver, and gold 30th birthday decorations. I found quite a few nostalgic items in preparation of the party, one of those being a Furby. Yes, a Furby, can you believe it? I put it on the free 99 table, where I offered a shopping experience to my guests of high-quality items I found at my parents' house when I was getting ready for the festival. My guests started to arrive, and I could already feel the magic. I opened up the event with an energy clearing and grounding group meditation to get our energetic pathways right and attuned to the frequencies of the divine. First up on the schedule of activities was a workshop led by my baby cousin, Catherine, who is also my best friend and I look up to her in more ways than one. She is an honors student in the master's program for mental health counseling at NYU, so you know, she knows what she's talking about. She fostered a warm and thought-provoking conversation on the importance of embracing our uniquenesses and exploring our neurological variances, which ultimately leads to greater love and acceptance in our lives. We then indulged in a feast prepared by Dasala of rice and beans, mac and cheese, fried chicken, lemon rosemary chicken sous vide in a butter sauce, a surprise order of Korean chicken wings that were hands down one of the best things I have ever tasted, baked salmon, roasted veggies, and a crudite platter, 
They even made a special sofrito sauce. It was all mm, chef's kiss. I felt blessed to blow out my candles on top of a tres leches cake served with homemade apple crisp on the side. Next, we transitioned into our performative art section of the night. My friend, Maddie Light, that's Maddie with an E and light like a candle, he literally killed it on vocals and the keys as he shared his highly relatable music that is lighthearted, a lot of fun, and compelling all at the same time. Check out his song Tony Hawk on Spotify if you want a real treat. My friend JC followed Matt with a spoken word performance. She absolutely slayed. You can find this gorgeous girl on Instagram at allbejc. That's I-L-L-B-E-J-A-C-Y. I took the stage next. It was a bit impromptu as I didn't have anything in particular planned, but I went with the flow and led a group conversation discussing how we can make all things good in the world. I started recording the conversation on my iPhone once we were already a few minutes into the discussion, so I apologize in advance for the less than optimum sound quality at times. We're gonna jump in as we were all talking about what we can do as individuals to help make the world a better place to live. The first person you hear talking is my cousin Catherine, the mental health counseling student. Here we go. I was just gonna say um, basically that I feel like a lot of the time when we see opportunity to be kind or to love somebody, um, and especially someone we don't know, it can be kind of like, I feel like maybe for a lot of people can relate to this, is that like there's a split second where you think like, should I, especially if you don't know that person. And I feel like in t- cases like that, I feel like we should like stop second guessing ourselves. Like if it comes from a place of love, you know, give that compliment to that person if you like something that they're wearing, you know, don't be afraid to show that. Or if you see someone struggling with something and they drop something, like, should I go grab it for them? Like, don't be afraid to just hand it over to them, you know? It could be just the simplest acts of kindness that, like, we inherently have that we just need to, like, stop suppressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I was saying, ultimately, we'll want to help somebody to do it from a place, making sure that you check in with them, asking how you can help them, what they need, instead of assuming because that's a genuine way to, to like help somebody mm-hmm. and to get a, a real reaction. And that's community. Just, you know, like, again, we were talking about like homeless people. Um, instead of just giving them cash or food, asking if they need socks, if they need clothes, or uh, is there something I can help you with maybe towards a room or something? Like, there's a lot you can do. And even just reading somebody's body language making sure that you're just not assuming they're okay, just to really look at people and, like, take in the presence. You know, you do it by instinct. Don't do it by what other people think you should. Mm -hmm. Um, On that note, so, like, assumptions can kind of, like, I don't know, humans assume too much. I feel like we're designed to not like something that's different than us, in a sense, you know, like, and that's not the way that things are supposed to be. You know, everybody's supposed to be inclusive. Everybody's not supposed to care about, you know, poverty status or you know, your background. Some people assume that some homeless people on the street are, you know, they may get aggressive if you're going to not give them money or 
the memory I'm trying to reference is that one day uh, I ended up giving money to a homeless man who was obviously in need, but he was wearing a very nice suit, very nice pants, very nice shoes, very polite. Um, and I think he was just doing that to try to make himself seem a more more appealable to the public to give him more money. But he was doing it in such a nice way, so, you know? So, I don't know. I feel like people assume that homeless people are going to be a certain way and they treat them differently. So he was trying to adapt and, mm-hmm. you know, make himself more appealing. But that that's sad, mm-hmm. you know? You shouldn't have to feel that way. You should feel as if other people care about you and want the best for you genuinely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I feel like it's not always about uh, like helping, but it's also about like one of my favorite quotes. And I've heard this, uh, I think, on another podcast, but uh, it was don't yuck someone's yum mm-hmm. is like the things that other people like it, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, you can find enjoyment in those things, even though you're not connected to it you can somehow find a connection with that person because they like the thing. Um, and making someone feel good just in this short term helps overall. Yeah, I've actually done that too, especially talking about unhoused individuals and living in New York City. Whenever I see somebody that appears to be unhoused, I'm kind of like a very complimentative person anyway, but like I'll tell them like, oh my gosh, I love I love that color purple, you know, and it's all genuine. And also, once you start doing it, it's actually not that hard to do. (laughs) It's like, it's almost like when we were saying before about stop suppressing those like nice thoughts of like, oh, oh," like in your head, you could be like, oh my God, I love, I love her, the way her hair is. And it's like, oh, I don't want to go tell her that. That would be like weird. But why is it weird? But then like also the same thing, like you, like you're saying. If you, if you don't. If you don't like something, like it's that that whole, you know, um, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But it's also if you have something nice to say, share that. Yeah, you know, uh, like let that person know. Um, yum, there, there. Yeah. Oh, I like that too. Um, I I'm teaching my niece, and one of the things we always say is, "Oh, you like that? I like that too." Even if you don't actually like that, you want to say, "Oh, that's a good thing to like," even if you. Don't quite believe it. You can give someone a compliment by and lift them up just by. Just like operating off that love of that frequency love. Yes. Just thinking that. Because just like how they say, when you say, I love you to a plant, it grows, right? And the one that gets ignored almost doesn't do anything. And but the one with hate just tends to die. And it's like, when we hear that a genuineness from your voice and it resonates with you, that's like you're raising their frequency. And I think that's really important, especially for people who are marginalized and don't necessarily have that in their life. Absolutely. <laughs> you can always hear intention. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's one of the like first things that we learn to is is before we learn to speak, we, you know, just cry out, what are these sounds that I'm making? You know, your parents have to figure that out. And it's it's what are my intentions? Yeah. Um, but not verbally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like empathy, mm-hmm. a feeling instead of like, you know, you don't have to verbally communicate all the time. Do you think empathy is like something we all have or like does everyone have equal access to it? I'm curious what people think. I, th- I think it's learned. Again, mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. It's, envi- it's, it's, it's environment. something that is 
somewhat natural because children uh, show it to each other, but it's also a lack of empathy is learned. I think it's not, we just forget about it as Mm -hmm. getting older and we start thinking about ourselves. Well, I think you might be saying that as an individual who can experience empathy, some people struggle to experience empathy, not because they don't care. I guess I'm just playing like devil's advocate or like, you know, because I'm just like thinking like, like I'm curious what I I think that people who lack empathy are naturally going to have problems in their relationships at work in relation like romantic family members they're naturally going to bump heads with other people because of the fact they don't have empathy Mm -hmm. so they're you know they're not caring instead of which goes back to what Catherine said we need to stop refraining the positive emotion because of x y and z instead of you know doubling up on the lack of empathy and Things like that. So when a person doesn't have empathy, they're going to know. People are going to tell him. They're going to they're gonna come across people. They're going to be like, you lack empathy in whatever way. And so then they know that something is not clicking. So they have to do the energy work and the self-reflection. And it's a decision. We all have access to empathy, even if it wasn't learned, you know, because of the environment. But as you live life, you will know that you need to work on that, you have all the access to it. But it's up to you to do the research, to talk to people, to get the help, and then therefore make a change in a positive way. For some people, it's more natural. Um, Like for other, maybe someone with autism, it's much harder to, they have to actually, they they have to actually (laughs) learn empathy. You know, they have to figure out by mimicking people, how do I, how do I connect with people because they can't, it's not a natural feeling mm-hmm. for them. Uh, so, do you think they're like disconnected from themselves? And mm-hmm. in that sense, it becomes difficult for them to connect with others. I think that's also part of disassociation, especially for someone yeah. who has sensory issues mm-hmm. and, you know, people not even realizing, but putting them down. There's a lot that goes into that. It's a very deep and multifaceted. Yeah, I've worked with autistic kids, and a lot of them, they just naturally have it, to be honest. Like, if you really hear them and is present with them, like, you're going to see they do have empathy. They they do. They just want to be seen for how they are and Mm -hmm. accepted. Not different, like, I hear you, I see you, whatever. You know, like, I'm here. But a lot of times we turn away because, you know, but uh, it, it also goes back to, Sometimes we don't know. All we need, and I feel like that's something too, people feel judged if they don't know something. And it's like, no, we have to also be the ones to show people like, it's okay, I didn't know either. Whenever I have like a teaching moment that I want to share, I will, first I express like, I just learned this, like just to create that safe space where you don't feel judged, you understand like, hey, I've been there. Like, this is how I learned. And then maybe the other person on the other side becomes more receptive. Mm-hmm. It's my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I like that. I, I think that there are so many ways we can make the world a better place. But I think it starts with us. And nobody likes being told what to do. And especially me, like, I don't know if it's like, my Virgo moon or whatever, when I notice something could be adjusted or improved or changed, like I'm like, okay, let me do it. 
so for me, you know, um, I got really sick. So then I just sat down and pedaled to the metal, dedicated my crystals, and voila, I got better. But, like, it's not easy. Like, that was so painful, such a painful process. I had a shed, I, and I'm still in that process, but, like, so just to get an idea of how, like, painful the process it was, my therapist was like, do you want to start meeting, like, twice a week? <laughs> <laughs> I was low-key offended. <laughs> um, and then, I like, I don't know, it really put me in a bad mood, and then so I, like, got off the phone, and then, like, three days later, I looked at my life, and I'm like, wow, I'm so happy I have therapy in, like, a couple days. <laughs> and then, like, it just came at the perfect time in my life. So, like, it's not easy. It's, like, really hard. And you have to go through a lot and shed a lot. But maybe some simple things we could do is, like, making small adjustments. Like, super small. Like, because when we think about making a decision, like, do I go back to school? Do I change careers? Do I make this move? Do I break up with this person? That is a huge decision. Like very far away from our current status, especially when you're like living with somebody or you've been working somewhere three years or you've never moved away from your hometown. These are really big decisions. Like imagine that decision and then imagine like a board game, like Monopoly, whatever you want to imagine, like those squares imagine that okay sometimes to get from here to there it's pretty simple maybe like five or seven blocks maybe three uh but then sometimes it's literally like 357 steps <laughs> oh yeah you might end up in jail you might pick up the 200 who knows but <laughs> let me slide down a ladder yeah shoots and ladders like you know, you know the deal. Just start with the one right in front of you. And if for you personally, that means thinking the thought of what you want to be, allow yourself to have that thought. Or if that means going on Google and searching technician schools in my area, or maybe it's like, I don't know, going to walk on the other side of town. Like, I don't know, whatever it is, just like start with that one thing and then you know what, at the very least, you, at least you're one step closer. Now you know what your options are. I always say that to people, like, just find out your options. So I think we can do this. I think, I think we can make a difference. I think we just need to slow down. I know we feel so busy and we feel like it's not an option. But how about in the morning you take five minutes? If five minutes is too much, take one minute. <laughs> Take one minute. Literally just like breathe. Like I mean like four seconds in, hold, four seconds out, four seconds, nothing. Do it again for one minute at the very least. Like just like slow down. I think that's the biggest thing that we need to do is just slow down and like listen because whatever you need to know is already inside you. And I know that sounds like super crazy or like whatever, but it's true. And I promise no matter what it is. And yeah, we just need to start focusing on everything getting better. Uh, we just need to give strength and power to what we want. And I struggle with that because I'm a very like, I talk about climate change all the time and it consumes my brain, but 
Um, I've recently learned that you can only give light to like what you want to grow. I will be thinking about the turmoil and then like some crazy something will happen where like the earthquake happened and like 30,000 people died. And I'm like, stop thinking about this. So I don't know. Just slow down and think about positivity. What do you want in your life? Imagine best case scenario, like daydream. Like what is your dream life? Like just imagine, just imagine, just allow yourself to imagine. It will raise your frequency and magical things will just start happening. Whether that means you'll get a free cup of coffee or like you pull up in your favorite parking spots there. I don't know. It just starts happening. And then like, just listen, you know, so... <laughs> on, uh, imagining what you want this is like a self-hearted example but i really i really wanted blueberry pie okay. and i thought you just think about it this this happens all the time you'll start to notice it i really wanted blueberry pie i thought about blueberry pie three days later the best blueberry pie i've ever had wound up in my lap now wait wait <laughs> yes. now today i'm thinking about like apple pie I know that wasn't an apple pie, but that was an apple crisp. And that was the best one I've ever had. That was about three days, too. You think about it, it will come. Mm -hmm. Russell, one time we went to a restaurant and... Oh, that was a good one. More food. Um, We walk into a Greek spot in in Astoria, Queens, which is like the prime spot to get Greek food, other than going to Greece itself. And um, I wanted Galactoberico, which is an amazing dessert. If you haven't had it, I highly recommend it. It's... um, semolina custard wrapped in phyllo dough and drenched in honey mm-hmm. and i wanted that and i was like maybe they have galactoberico here went to the bathroom came out they gave the whole table free galactoberico we all we each had a we did not ask slice. for it did not we, they never heard four of people wow. they had four whole slices not sample slices like and they were like it's on the house yeah and those are like ten dollars a piece yeah and just handed them yeah ten dollars a piece you manifest from, yeah. yeah, manifesting is... So another thing is, um, it's popping up more. I don't know if you guys have heard it. Has anyone read The Secret? A couple people? Okay, please, everyone, please, 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 go read The Secret. Please, yeah, it's a movie. It was a movie first. It was a movie first, and then they made the book because everyone loved the movie. How often does that happen? Normally, it's the other way around. Basically, it's all about manifestation and all the rich people, seriously, like that might sound derogative or whatever, but like all the rich people, like that's what they do. They like manifest stuff. They manifest opportunities. Like they know they're wealthy. They know they deserve the money. They believe they're getting the money. They see the money coming to them and that's why they have it. So we can have that too. What were you going to say? I'm so sorry. The Secret, that's by Rhonda Byrne, right? Yeah. Okay. They have it on, uh, like, um, Netflix, a movie, but the book is better, but... Okay. Gotcha. Or YouTube, I think, has it as well. Okay, YouTube. It's more accessible right now. Mm-hmm. And they have this thing where if you Google it, Google The Secret Check, and I printed it, and I posted it on my wall, and you can make out any check you want any amount of any number you'll believe like because you have to believe it that's the thing so whether whatever number you believe you deserve and will come to you whether it's five hundred dollars or like a thousand or a hundred thousand i wrote a check for myself for two hundred and twenty two thousand dollars for december 31st 23 because it's one two three one two three so I put it right at my door eye level when I leave to leave my room. And they say that it's visualization. I've been so busy like the past few weeks mentally too. <laughs> I've been busy. <laughs> but ooh, ooh, ooh. so I've been busy, but I put the check up. I put the check up and um 
<laughs> I put the check up and um I've been looking at it and whatever and I've been really busy and then like I was really busy getting ready for this party. I was here last weekend. I went home for Brooklyn for like a day and a half because I was like, I have to have a little break. But um, I got a message from somebody like, they want to renew one of your pictures. If they pick three years, it's going to be $750. If it's for five years, it'll be $1250. Is that okay? And it's like this teeny weeny little picture of me like this and a group of people. So it's like, I don't know. It's happening. So it can happen for everybody. So let's all try to make the world a better place by starting with our own self and by listening to your own wants and desires and just doing whatever you want to do. Okay? All right. What did you all think of that? I have been toying with the concept of doing some sort of live event, whether in person or virtually. Would you be interested in attending? If so, let me know in the comment section of wherever you're listening or DM me at atgpodcast222 on Instagram. I want to give a special thanks to Catherine, Ashlyn, Corey, Aaron, JC, Chelsea, Jesse, and Russell for contributing to our discussion. Before heading back in to finish the rest of this episode, there were a couple things I wanted to touch on a little further. First, in the clip you just heard, we touch on empathy and one's ability to experience it or not. There is a medical term called alexithymia, which is for individuals that have a difficulty or an inability to identify and describe their emotions. Can you relate to this? It's estimated that 1 in 10 people have alexithymia, but it is even more common in those with depression or who are autistic. I think it's so important to be kind, patient, and understanding for those that their lack of empathy goes beyond their choice. Secondly, I mentioned about how I was really sick and then I worked hard to get better. This is referring to dietary and digestive issues that started when I was in 6th grade in 2006. And these conditions progressed gradually until very recently, leaving me with a restrictive diet, a medicinal cocktail of laxatives and antacids, many that on the package it advises not to take more than 14 days in a row. I also had a laundry list of food items that I had to avoid to prevent myself from feeling very ill. In February 2022, I ended up being hospitalized for three days for serious GI issues. This was a really scary time for me. I was discharged with a diagnosis of Crohn's disease and it was recommended that I start immunosuppressant therapy immediately. I refused to accept this diagnosis and I made a major life decision to leave my full-time job and focus on restoring my physical, mental, and emotional health. This is when I began therapy twice a week. I incorporated daily meditation and yoga practices. I even started actually utilizing my crystals for healing purposes and following the moon cycles. I established my LLC and began working for myself. 
I listened to my intuition and paid attention to my strengths and my passions. And I started working for a catering company and I built up my modeling and acting portfolio and resume and really just put myself out there. It was a lot of hard work and I am so thankful for the support provided by my partner at that time. I have transformed and I am essentially a different person now. My laundry list of food items I had to avoid is now a short list, which I have touched on throughout this episode, and I am no longer suffering from a plethora of GI issues. I am essentially medication-free, aside from a daily allergy pill that may or may not have a true effect on me. If it's just a placebo, then you know what? I'm okay with that. I am a firm believer in alternative medicine, holistic practices, and the power of tackling the trauma we have experienced in this lifetime or has been passed down to us from previous generations. I don't know if you've heard of the book The Body Keeps Score by Bessel van der Kolk, but it kind of touches on all of this and just how a lot of our illnesses and sickness is tied to the trauma that lies within us. Now, let's hear how the rest of the night went. Wow, we <laughs> having my time to shine on center stage, especially at such a beautifully crafted event, felt so freaking incredible. It really felt in alignment with my life's purpose, and it's something that I could really see myself doing as a career. After doing my thing, my friend Corey killed it with an hour-long house set. We moved and grooved, dancing the night away, while I had tequila shots and pre-rolls on deck. There was also a bonfire going on simultaneously where guests could relax, be cozy, and have a more chill option if they wanted to start to wind down. On the flyer for my festival this year, I asked guests to bring a few clothing items to participate in a clothing swap. To be honest, I wasn't sure if anyone would do it, but I ended up being blown away by the enthusiasm. After Corey finished his DJ set, there were about 20 of us left that sat in a ring around the fire. We went through the bags of clothing that people had brought. There were sweaters, dresses, pants, belts, purses, all passed around and majority of the items found a new home. Multiple people said that the clothing swap was a really awesome experience and that they had so much fun picking out their new fashionable finds. Have you ever done anything like this? If you haven't, maybe recommend it next time you're hanging out with your friends or family. Slowly, the number of people around the fire dwindled. The ones who were left we shared intimate conversations and enjoyed each other's company until almost 3 o'clock in the morning. My third annual All Things Good was an absolute success and honestly came out even better than I could have imagined. 
It was the most wonderful gift I was able to give myself for my 30th trip around the sun, and I felt so privileged to share this experience with my friends and loved ones who were able to make it. I envision a really bright future for all things good music and arts festival, going from micro to macro. I see it getting bigger and greater every year expanding the audience it reaches, and harnessing more of that rich life source that is within all of us. I am going to continue to listen to the divine for guidance, but I am in the market for additional help with planning and executing production. I have my eyes peeled for remarkable talent to showcase their gifts. I am also considering opening up attendance to friends of friends and installing ticket sales so I could provide more to my guests. I am just so excited to see what this next year has in store for you, me, this podcast, and my festival, All Things Good. bottom of my heart thank you so much for listening to this episode and for joining me on this journey as i put out my first season please take a moment to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening to be able to stay updated for when season two drops From the very beginning, I said I would give my all to season one, and that's just what I did. I believe that if all things good podcast is meant to continue, the universe is going to help support that endeavor. If you have any specific topics you would like to see explored next, let me know in the comments section or in the inbox of our Instagram, atgpodcast222. I am just so emotional. I am so thankful you were here on this ride with me. And I cannot wait until we all meet again. Until next time, I am sending you infinite amounts of love and light. Bye.